0: another edition of the Jim and the King NFL Podcast. I'm Jim, not sitting to my left as the King, and I'm here to talk about the NFL. So, normally I'd say, how are you doing, King? But the King isn't here, okay? The King is working. Um, weird for a King to do, I know, but he is absolutely snowed under. He sends his massive apologies to everyone, but uh, yeah, he's not here. Unfortunately, though, I'm not just going to have to talk to myself for an entire hour, okay, because we've actually lined up another fan special episode. This time is on the AFC East Gangrene New York Jets, and obviously I can't do that as a Steelers fan, so I'm going to need some help. So yeah, I'm not alone today, so I have got the, uh, what should I say as a contributor for 10 on the and MyJetsFans.com. it's yeah, uh, Nikki yeah. C. Yeah. Hello. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, thank you very much. Nice to speak to you. Well, thank you so nice much for filling in
0: today. You weren't supposed that's to just be a right. fill-in. <laughs> that's
1: all right, Alan. That's, that's the Jets all over, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: It's really nice to get a proper fan on, and you know, obviously, I'm a Steelers fan. The Kings, a Chargers fan. So I don't know what he's yeah. going to be a fan of next season, but uh, <laughs> it's good to to get an insight from from the other teams. We've already had uh, a Raiders fan and the Packers fan through. Uh, last season but we're trying to knock them off and so as someone who actually does do a bit of writing for for the Jets I think hopefully you're pretty well placed there Nikki to give us some insight into what it's like to be a Jets fan.
1: Yeah yeah I think uh, especially the last few years I've got myself quite in deep with finding out about the Jets and writing about the Jets and just generally being a huge Jets fan so hopefully can I share a bit of that with you.
0: Excellent well then the first question obviously has to be why, Nikki? did you pick the New York Jets out of all 32 NFL teams? <laughs> why the Jets?
1: Um, well, it clearly wasn't because of their long-running uh, success. But, uh, no, um, it sounds really cheesy, but I, I love New York, and it comes from that. Um, I, um, obviously, the two teams in New York yeah. um, in 2010 uh, went to New York, um, tried to get tickets for a preseason game, um, not knowing anything about the NFL, mm-hmm. and emailed the Jets emailed the Giants so they were playing each other and the Jets were really helpful getting me tickets or helping me sort of guide me to get tickets so I thought right I'll be a Jets fan then <laughs> and that's, that's as simple as that oh, and nice. it's kind of gone from there yeah and it was a Jets home game um, it was um 2010, so it was, you know, they were having a pr- reasonably good time. Uh, Mark Sanchez is a quarterback. Rex Ryan was the uh, head coach, and it was all quite exciting. And, uh, yeah, we had Fireman Ed at the time, who was the sort of super fan that did the, uh, led the Jets chant. And so it was kind of a combination of all those things um, and <laughs> that kind of <laughs> made me a Jets fan. Wow, well, uh, okay. Yeah,
0: Mark Sanchez made you a Jets fan. I not have...
1: Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but he happened to be there at the time. Okay, uh, but it was a time when things were going, you know, as well as they have been in recent years. So they were
0: getting uh, yeah. back-to-back AFC Championship games. Wasn't yeah, it? That was the yeah, time just there. off
1: that, and uh, yeah, it was all all quite positive, and uh, yeah, and it was just being there in the stadium. It was the, actually the first ever game at MetLife, even though it was a preseason game. Yeah, so it was quite exciting, and. Uh, you know that was my first experience of the NFL live, so uh, wow. yeah, it was kind of yeah, all those things together.
0: Because yeah, if you when you look back at the the Jets' history, they, I mean they they're one of the the only two teams that share a ground. I mean obviously yep. LA is going to do the same thing in the next couple of years, but they've yeah. been sharing this ground since, like you said, 2010. Um, yeah, well Met in Life, fact but...
1: before that they shared uh, the Giants Stadium. Um, next door for quite some time as well. So Since
0: 1984, I think they moved to Meadowlands. Yeah. But that was yeah. the Giants stadium. And so yeah. it always kind of looked like the Jets were just renting, didn't they? They had to kind of cover over some of the um, decorations yeah. when it was a Jets game and had to work uh-huh. around Giants games. So it's yeah. kind of nice I mean, that they've got equal billing now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not... It, I, I, I don't know if you've ever been to the Cowboys stadium and you go around there, I've done the tour there, you go around there and it's so... It's so cowboys, and it's so you know the fans love it, whereas I don't think fans of either team love metlife it's quite a it it doesn't have a great deal of personality as a stadium, yeah, um and they do a great job of switching the the around you know it, it everything changes, so all the lighting becomes green or blue, and they change the shop round, you know, and they can do that within hours it's It's really impressive, but it is a little bit lifeless because of it. Um, you know the, the the seats aren't a particular color, and you know just little things like that that make it your your team stadium. I think MetLife isn't the most popular with the fans, I have to say.
0: Mm. But at but least uh, at least with the Meadowlands, it was red and blue seating, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah from nineteen ninety four, So um, okay, yeah. let, let's go back then right to the very beginning, just brief. Let's go all the way back in time to 1959 when the the Jets were established. They weren't obviously called the Jets in their first season.
1: No, the Titans. The, the titans, titans of New York. York. They're very cool throwbacks, <laughs> which I very much want to get hold of.
0: I do love the reason, though, just because Titans are bigger than Giants. So it's just straight out of the gate. We know yeah. we've got to be the noisy neighbour.
1: Yeah, yeah. But at least, you know, jets can crash into Giants, maybe. I don't know if
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> But yeah, yeah, no, and... Uh... Obviously, you know they became the Jets not that long afterwards. And, yeah, uh, it was uh, a yeah.
0: '63. They became the Jets and moved to yeah. Shea Stadium in '64. So that's yeah. It was because they moved to near LaGuardia, wasn't it? They changed the name to the Jets.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously ended up in Jersey in the uh, that was in the '80s with yeah. the uh, in the Meadowlands. So it's, but I'm I'm glad they they kept the New York <laughs> didn't change.
0: Yeah, they did but, have a yeah. bit of a uh, bit of backlash when they did move out there, but. You know, needs yeah. must, and Shea Stadium was falling into disrepair. Um, yep, definitely. Polo grounds was no better before that as well. It was like a baseball ground, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the, that's part of the problem. Well, a lot of the reason a lot of teams end up moving historically just because you know the stadiums they need to somewhere bigger, somewhere better, and you know the the area where in New Jersey where it is there's there's so little it's all kind of marshlands and stuff. It's perfect place for having. You know, big sports complexes and so on. So it makes
0: sense. That's where they hide the bodies.
1: Yeah, yeah maybe they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: In between 1963, when they were called the Jets, and 1984, when they moved out to New Jersey, they had their crowning achievement, which was they made it all the way to the Super Bowl, Nikki, in 1968. Yep, and yep
1: Super Bowl three.
0: Yeah, I, I like this because as an AFC boy as well, this was the first time that we gave the NFC a bloody nose. Super Bowl 3 and it, was it was the first time it was even called a Super Bowl uh-huh. and the Baltimore Colts well, let's look at it they were 18 point favourite thanks to Vegas before the game mm-hmm. they had a 13-1 record they won 10 in a row they had 4 shutouts in that 10, 10 wins crushed the Browns 34-0 in the NFC Championship game and they went up against the Jets who had an 11-3 record they just beaten the Raiders 27-23 in the AFC Championship game mm-hmm. and uh, who was it? Don Maynard had sustained quite a bad injury. He was your number one receiver. Yeah. Of course, you didn't tell the Colts or the media that Don Maynard had such a bad injury. So the uh, the Colts still game-planned against Maynard. Played the whole game but didn't have a single reception. It was uh, George Sauer Jr. that was the, uh,
1: the, yeah. the go-to
0: guy in the air, at least. 8 out of 12 completions, 133 yards. No touchdowns. I mean, only Matt Snell got you a touchdown. But uh, yeah, the the game plan seemed to work. And how much are we gonna give Joe Namath some credit for this then?
1: Well, I think because you look at Joe Namath's stats even for the whole season, you know, I think he threw more interceptions and touchdowns. He did. And, you know, within that within that game, he, he didn't have you know this sort of gold standard quarterback game, but. No. I don't know he was kind of the driver of that team and I think you know such a big personality in New York and it was kind of obviously the guarantee which yes. you know now now the media were, I mean they were all over it then but can you imagine that now but you know um he he was the one that kind of had that confidence I guess and you've got I think you've got a you've got and he obviously ended up as the MVP at the end of the of the game um Partly because there, you know, there were there weren't a lot of um, candidates. I would imagine because mm. it wasn't the most, you know, on fire game that's ever been seen in the Super Bowl. But, no. um, <laughs> but you know, I think you've got a Broadway Joe's. You know, he's, he's he's New York Jets all over, really. And I think you know, I, I, you know, I think you've got to give it to him, really. Um, but unfortunately, Matt Snell, who um, uh, who scored that touchdown, he. He's got a bit of a, of a poor relationship with the Jets now. Um, oh, yeah. They tried to... Um, well, they did induct him into the Ring of Honour yep. last year, maybe, or the year before, um, and he, he didn't attend. I think there was a, there were a few um, players from that team inducted in, um, a couple of years ago, and he doesn't really have a relationship with the team anymore. No one really knows why. Um, but that's kind of a shame, really, because obviously he, he was the guy that got the touchdown.
0: So. Yeah, he did 121 yards in that game off 30 carries. yeah. You know, he- yeah it wasn't as you yeah. said it wasn't a great game I mean if you look at it no scores in the first first quarter the Jets got their touchdown in the second quarter another yeah. another nine points off uh, of field goals and then it was just holding on you know the, the Baltimore Colts got a touchdown in the last quarter with uh, Johnny Unitas coming yeah. in Earl Morrill yeah. got uh, benched from that game he did well, he, he made his own name a few years later with the Dolphins on their perfect season but yeah. uh,
1: but Namath had called him out before the game You know, he did and, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was all. It, it, there's so much in that game that goes down in sort of NFL folklore that I think it's a, it's a, it's a good one to remember. And you know, it's our only one. So. Uh,
0: well, you're one for record. one in Super Bowl appearances, so that's yeah, better than a lot 100% of other teams. <laughs> yeah,
1: 100 record. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. But uh, you know, I, 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 as much as it, it's amazing, I. To me, as a, I don't know, I kind of see it in a similar way to the England won the World Cup in nineteen sixty six, but it's great. But come on, <laughs> it's, it's something that it like happened
0: in a different lifetime, isn't it? So it's hard yeah, to quantify. Exactly. It, I
1: guess, yeah, and you know, in such a different, different situation for the league, you know, nowadays, um, you know, Maynard's injury would not have got past the end of that game where it happened, you know, without nope. it all being out there, and you know, that just wouldn't have wouldn't have been a possibility. It's a very, you know, Joe Namath had his nightclub in New York and. They were all Three celebrating there, yeah, yeah. After the game, you know, you, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the Joe Namath football life, but it, it's yep. quite eye So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's. I think it's, it's, it's a great part of Jets history. But to me, I think, I think having that comparison with the World Cup, the England thing, I think I kind of feel the same about the two.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get that. I mean, we need to talk about Broadway Joe a little bit. I mean, first picked yeah. by the Jets in the '65 AFL draft. This was when they were still or um, auctioning basically for players. So uh-huh. the NFL picked him twelfth. It was St. Louis Cardinals uh, drafted him, but he picked the the Jets because they gave him so much more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played for the Jets from sixty five to seventy six. He only missed one game in his first five seasons, but knee injuries. He had four surgeries. Um, you know, it left yeah. him when he finally got traded out to the Rams. He played four games there uh, in seventy seven. And was subsequently benched. Yeah, it was a, that's
1: quite a sad way for him to end that that career, I guess. Really,
0: it's one of those things, isn't it? When you've been at the yeah. top for so long. I mean, the stats never really helped Joe Namath throughout his entire no. career. He had quite a few few yards, you know, in a few of his seasons. It, it did start to tail off, but it's like you said, he was one of those players that just being on the field, he what he did g up the rest of the players. And yeah, definitely yeah you can't really judge him on stats well at least I don't judge him on stats. I think he did more than that these intangibles that you can't really judge, and it's a shame' yeah. it's a shame to see the uh, the problems he had with alcohol and you know he was a good looking guy, I guess so it, it was easy for him to to get involved in the new york scene and yeah and the and all the t v and, and
1: movie stuff that he did yeah. And- <laughs> yeah I mean he still struggles with his you know the knee stuff now I believe you know it's it's it, it was a quite significant problems he was having and I guess uh, partly the way the game was then and partly you know the medical support that there is now you know maybe that yeah. wouldn't have been such a problem nowadays but I you know you can't you can't knock him for what he's done not what he's done for the, you know, the for NFL in general and for the Jets. You know, he's such a important important part of that the history of the team. And you know, still he still supports the team. He's quite active on Twitter and you know he, you know saying what he thinks and you know turns up to a lot of events and so on. So he's still very much you know the face of the New York Jets history. I think
0: he's definitely turned the corner in his life and um, it's good to see that as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so let's let's look at some of the other best players then you've had. Because you have had some really good players. You've got four players in the Hall of Fame. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: Do you reckon you can name them?
1: Can I name them? Can you name them? Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. Uh, John Riggins played for the Jets.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, if we're counting anyone that played for the Jets, we've got LT now, this year. Yeah. Brett Favre played for the Jets. Any more players? I don't know. Going back, maybe. I think we've got... um, And then we view in as a contributor. I know that. But uh, anyone else? Maynard and Namath, obviously. Yeah. Um, Are we there?
0: That's six, I think, you've got there with Namath. So there's two. I I understand why you wouldn't get these last two, because they weren't really Jets. Um, Art Monk played for you in 94, and Ronnie Lott in 93 and 94.
1: Ah, uh, of course, yeah. So no, there you go. But I mean, there's some really
0: good players there. I mean, yeah. Let's look at. I mean, how much do you know about Curtis Martin? How much did you watch him or look back on his career? I mean, he
1: because was, yeah, yeah. He was a he pickup was from the Patriots, before... wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I kind of think you know, like I sort of you know, obviously we lost Bill Belichick to, to them after a day, and then mm. we had, we got a bit, you know Curtis Martin, but he was great and. The Jets, you know, their seasons while he was with them were were better. Um, You know, they weren't going through a... The roster at the time wasn't generally amazing. Um, But, you know, they had better seasons. I think they they made the playoffs a couple of times, I think, while he was there. But, um, yeah, there is some kind of odd financial issue um, to do with kind of... I don't know, it wasn't franchise tagging, but that kind of situation where the Jets basically said, we'll pay you more. Um, I think and that's what moved him away from from the Patriots and you know he's he's you know when he was with the Jets he really did have an impact and I think it really showed how much one player can have an impact um, on the entire team Um, because the offensively the Jets you know historically has been not the you know not as strong as they have been on defense and I think he kind of put a little bit of life back into that into that um, offense. Mm. Um, sort of in the early early two
0: yeah. so, thousands. Yeah. So who I've got to ask you really because we talked about why the Jets, but do you have like a favourite Jets player then out of your time watching it? And is there is there someone you have kind of latched on to as like that's the player that I really enjoy watching?
1: Oh, well, sadly enough, my my favourite Jets player is well was Nick Mangold until. About two days ago <laughs> um, which I'm still quite upset about yeah. Um, and yeah um, I mean when I first started watching the Jets I really uh, lodanian Tomlinson was with them and and he is one mm. of my one of my favorite players in general
2: He's I really like running backs.
1: I really like watching well is it yeah. <laughs> I really like watching running backs um, so most of my favorite players are running backs but you know LT at the time mm. but Mangold, I just I I think there's so much in football of people that You know, they they don't lead the team. It's all very self-centred. It's all very, you know, all about me and and so on. I think Mangold has been there through a lot of downs and a few ups and and has been kind of a a consistent force all the way through. And I think that's going to be missed next season. And so... uh, yeah, and I kind of, I like, I'm a bit into kind of underdogs and I think, you know, no one really bigs up the centres very often. <laughs> it's so important. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm always I, I a big fan of Nick Mangold.
0: I mean, what a solid uh, pick that was. The number 29 pick in the 2006 draft. Yeah. He's played 11 seasons, 164 games for you. Um, yeah. And, a, you know, the ankle injury limited him to just eight games this year, but he's been a four-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Uh, yeah. And I guess, you know, you can only just wish him well with, no, I guess he's going to go somewhere else for a couple of years, maybe.
1: Yeah, I read somewhere, that some, someone talking about the charges, um, that, <laughs> that, that he might fit there. Um, and you'll get, you know, whoever gets him will get a couple of good years out of him, because apart yeah. from that ankle injury, he has been so consistent. I mean, we drafted him at the same time as um, Bricashaw Ferguson, who obviously retired last season. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the two of them together, I mean... The offensive line was as good as it's been in a very long time and you know, last season it wasn't great. This season it's gonna you know, it's it's with the loss of obviously lost Brick and then Mangold it's it's definitely weakened. We've also let go um both of our tackles, so uh, it's a complete rebuild on the on the O line.
0: So the, I think the idea isn't it to bring Wesley Johnson from left guard to centre?
1: Yeah, I mean he he um backed up um for Mangold when he was out last last year and he he did all right i mean there's i think the jets have got a lot of issues all over the place but at the moment but you know i think the whole thing looks like it's we're getting the young younger guys in and almost starting again so yeah we'll see how johnson goes but we haven't got um we've got i think we're all right at the guards but um tackles we're we're struggling for <laughs> let's right. say and and it's it's one of the worst uh, classes in the draft and in free agency for tackles in several years apparently <laughs> so ah. it's not the best timing I'm uh, sure we'll have to look yeah. at what's
0: coming out of the combine for uh, potential tackles and guards
1: yeah definitely I mean I don't think many of the analysts at the moment have got the Jets taking any any tackles in the first round just because there really isn't a lot, a lot there and you know in free agency you've got um it's called Okung from yeah. uh, Denver, um, Riley. But neither, you know, I mean, he was plagued by injury last year, Okung, so we'll yeah. see. So it's all a bit up in the air on the line.
0: So let's talk about another player that's probably on his way out. And the number 14 pick of the 2007 draft, Darrell Revis. Yep. Um, <laughs> eight seasons with the Jets in total. There was a bit of a gap. Mm-hmm. We went off and got a ring somewhere else. Um, but for the Jets. I don't Jets, know who that was. No, I don't know, but for the Jets, <laughs> I calculated he's done twenty-five interceptions, one hundred and twelve pass deflections, three hundred and fourteen tackles, and three pick-sixes. Not bad, no, but that you know a lot of that was early on, like the first time round for the Jets, mm. and um, I think that's been the problem. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have a great last season, did he? Really, and then his uh, his exploits in Pittsburgh have kind of nailed him to not get re-signed. I guess.
1: Yeah, I think it's a real shame actually because, for you know, one thing you can definitely say about Revis over the years is that he he's kind of he's kept it you know on the field he's kept it clean off the field and you know yeah. he's always chased the money and I, I don't know if you remember the hard knocks in uh, 2010 half of that was about Rex Ryan meeting Revis at random. Um, I diners along some sort of highway <laughs> to try and figure out because he, he was basically holding out. Yeah. Um, and I think he's always been about the money for Revis, and that's why I think he went to he went well he went to Tampa. it was Tampa Bay, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then you know moved around a bit. Um, and obviously, when he wanted to come back to the Jets, it was kind of like our boys coming home. Let's throw some money at him, and it maybe didn't work out. Quite as well as we wanted. Yeah, to.
0: you brought back Antonio Cromartie at the same time, and I yeah. never really rated Cromartie, so it was kind of weird that you brought back two aging cornerbacks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was quite a fan of Crow. I quite liked him um, and his many <laughs> multiple children. But um, yes, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty quickly clear that he wasn't anywhere near where he was before, and you know, he he got released, I think, partway through the year. Yes. Um, but you know, Revis wasn't bad. Last year, uh, twenty fifteen sixteen, but you know, in the, the the season that's just gone, he just wasn't the same. He's lost a bit of the pace, and you know, he's getting torched by people that you wouldn't necessarily expect him to be. I mean, it, was it uh, DeAndre Hopkins had him in the that Houston game, and that was the first time where we all went, ooh
0: yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, and, Hopkins yeah. is is a really legit receiver as well. I mean, yeah, maybe a few years ago, Revis would have shut him down still, but. Yeah, yeah, it's so. it's kind of a, it's like you see with a QB drop off, isn't it? I suppose this season they don't yeah tail off; they just completely drop off. And it would be different if Revis was saying, "Oh, it's just a blip," or "I'm still in a good place mentally." But what he was coming out with was kind of toxic for the team, wasn't it? It didn't couldn't have helped.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why I am was such a big fan of Nick Mangold because he was there through all that and still managed to kind of back up the team and be, you know, the, the leader that he needed to be, whereas Revis last year looked like he'd had enough. Yeah. Which, you know, it's understandable if you're frustrated, you've, you've been at this certain, you know, position in your career that you can't perform at that level anymore and all these young guys are coming through and, you know, running past you. But at the end of the day, you're the, you know, you're being paid a lot and you're the veteran guy, you, I think, you know, everyone expected a bit more from him in that respect last year and then obviously what's happened in Pittsburgh is a real shame Now, I personally I kind of don't think that I think there's more to it you know um I actually know somebody who has a story the way um she met Revis in a um the lobby of a hotel and asked for a photo and he said you know could you not do that because um you know it doesn't look good and you know people start questioning and and Obviously, she 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 just said, "Oh, you know, okay, um, thanks, you know." And they had a quick chat, and and that was, and he signed something, and that was that was fine. And I think he is quite, he's always been quite, you know, worried about people videoing him and and mm. so on. So I do think there might be more to the story than 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 what's come out. But unfortunately, he's the man that's paid millions to to not behave like that. So yeah, he's you know, got a lot so. of
0: guaranteed money coming his way if they were to keep him. And
1: yeah. Mm. yeah i don't know i i i mean to be honest though before that happened there was talk of him and there was talk of him moving to safety and you know all that that kind of thing that the standard you know your cornerbacks declining let's move into to safety or try and let safety but i i wonder whether this might be the nail in the coffin because what the jets don't need is any more drama because um, <laughs> it's it's been a circus enough over the last few years and the last know yeah, the last couple of years it's trying to settle it down a little bit under um Todd Bowls but yeah
0: yeah yeah no drama please
1: no drama please <laughs> we're Jets fans you've had enough <laughs> we've had enough you've we moved Rex Ryan on you shouldn't
0: be having any more drama now come on yeah well <laughs>
1: yeah we've still got Gino Smith so anything's possible
0: well for now I guess he'll for be now. on his way out won't he soon although yeah hopefully we'll talk about the current roster in a few minutes I guess yeah Let's think. Then we've talked about some of your best players. Then so people like Joe Namath and Curtis Martin and, and mm-hmm. LT and John Riggins. Yeah. But uh, how about your worst players? Then Nicky? I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's not easy to pick a bad player for the Jets. But who do you reckon was <laughs> the, the who do you reckon was the worst player ever to play for the Jets? Oh,
1: the worst like ever. I've Obviously, ever, you ever. know, on the whole, my my sort of general. Uh, general stuff is more recent i mean yep. we've we've had some very poor high draft picks in recent years um yeah. kyle wilson well, um, okay yeah he wasn't you know and uh vernon uh, vernon golston all these you know first round high picks that just didn't come to anything and actually i think that's that's where you've got to look at you know these these players that were, were picked to uh to do great things and uh and uh, and never did. But um, as I have to say as well, I'm not a fan of Gino Smith. I, I kind of no? cringe. No. <laughs> no. And there are lots of Jets fans that really still rate him and, 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 you know, think, yeah, you know, maybe he didn't get the right support or, you know, the right yeah. coach. But I just... No, (laughs) I just think he he doesn't have the, and it sounds awful, the the smarts, the intelligence to to make the decisions that you have to at quarterback, you know, he might have the Mm -hmm. athleticism and so on, but he just, he'd stand, I used to say it was a bit like watching Tim Henman playing at Wimbledon. Because okay. you 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 knew he'd sort of get there, sort of, but you knew he was going to mess it up in the end, <laughs> and 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 that was I kind of felt that sort of nervousness watching Geno Smith, and uh, yeah, I, I I would say in recent years he he's one of the worst players we've
0: had. I think he went through a couple of games where he played okay, didn't he? And I think yeah, when you, when you're looking at some of your QBs you've had over the last few years, that's enough reason for some Jets fans to to feel enthusiastic. But yeah, I think you're right, and. You know, very few QBs get smacked out by their own teammates in the locker room. There's, yeah. There's, there's got to be something going on there. Um, yeah, I
1: just yeah, I, I just think he didn't quite have the the the, the, ment- the right mentality and the right kind of intelligence needed to to lead an NFL team, especially one in New York, with yeah. the media he, the he way they are. He was expected to be drafted
0: earlier. Well, in his mind, I think, at least, he was expecting to be an early first pick, wasn't he? Yeah. And then yeah. you kind of had to sneak up to get him... Um, was it late in the first or was it early, sec- it was early second, second round, wasn't it?
1: Second round, yeah. That's right. Pick. That's right. But, but, I, mean, I mean, generally, the, uh, the 2012 draft class, um, I believe Antonio Allen may be back on, I think he's on injured reserve, but at the start of last year, they released the last of the 2012 draft class, which is terrible.
2: <laughs> wow. To have
1: yeah. no one left from an entire draft class.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, it's pretty shocking. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, just it, there's been a lot of bad picks recently, and I think that's where where the where some of the problems have lie because you can't you get to the point where we're at now where you're getting rid of the veterans and there's not much not much to come through.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting you mentioned Vernon Golston as well because he was you know, relatively recent, 2008. He was the number six pick for you. Yeah, he was voted the worst Jets player ever.
1: Actually. Yeah, so he
0: started outside linebacker, managed three seasons. 24 solo yeah. tackles, but he didn't record a sack or an interception or a pass deflection, and they moved him in the defensive end for the last season. So how did he manage? That's almost impossible not to at least touch someone when they fell over. That's quite incredible. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, and and you know it's that it's that typical draft bust, isn't it? But yeah. I mean, Carl Wilson was was similar. You know, he was a, well, he was the 29th overall pick, but still, it's that kind of. I think fans hold him up as we need to not pick anyone like him again <laughs> um, you know because there's just just error, mistakes after mistakes in, in, in some of the choices so or picking uh, Mike
0: yeah. Nugent with your first pick in uh, yeah. 2005 you gave him your first round pick for, for a Raiders tight end and then picked a, a kicker your, your first actual pick
1: yeah. yeah I mean he's
0: not a bad kicker but you just don't pick him that high no S- well, same thing as uh, Kyle Brady wasn't it in 95 you missed Warren Sapp to pick up a, a tight end that didn't do anything outside of that. Oh, I,
1: you know, that, and there's all these, there could have been, I mean, we could have had Dak Prescott this year and we took Christian Hackenberg. A lot Hackenberg. of people could have had Dak Prescott. <laughs> but who, who knew at the time? I mean, I wasn't that impressed with the uh, Christian Hackenberg pick, but I don't think anyone would have gone, well, we should have taken Dak Prescott at the yeah. time. But, um, you know, there's, there's all, so many opportunities to say things like that, but, i think there has been some rather um dubious choices and you just, you you then have nothing to fall back on you know you look at teams who draft really well
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and you know they they've got they've got these people and and you know the jets seem to be losing losing more of their draft picks than than keeping them
0: so, yeah yeah okay <laughs> Right well, positive that's yeah, exactly, so that was the that was kind of all the past and up to the present, so let's have a let's have a look at the the current team then, but before yep. we do that, how about we talk about some rivalries then, Nikki so out of all the other thirty one teams in the n f l which team is it or which teams is it that the jets fans really can't stomach
1: um the patriots <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Um, basically anyone in the AFC East, um, the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I've got friends that travel to a lot of games in, um, a lot of road games and, and a couple of my friends that go, they went to San Francisco last year. They, you know, they went all over. They won't go to Foxborough. I'm not going there. No. Um, not look to
0: invite in there, to be honest. No.
1: But there is, um, that rivalry, obviously, because the... The Patriots have had that, you know, the dominance, just not only in the AFC East, but just generally, uh, you know, across the league. Um, yeah. There's that, you know, but apart from the Patriots, I'd, I'd say between the Dolphins and the Bills, I think it's pretty close. I'd say probably the Dolphins. I think um, there's quite a lot of animosity there. Um, right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. Is I that can't for the really... success
0: reason? Because like the Bills. A bit like for me, the Browns—they've never really been successful, or yeah. their success was a long, long time ago. So,
1: yeah, no, I think I think so, and obviously that you know there's like the Monday Night Miracle and all that against the the, yeah. the Dolphins. There is kind of history of that being a, a a rival, you know, a kind of you know, there's been competition there. Whereas with the Bills, it's kind of always been on the whole, you know, like who's going to finish where, and you know, it's not been a it's not been a huge um, rivalry, but I mean, Jets don't get me wrong, Jets and Dale's fans aren't particularly best of friends either. <laughs> but, um, and, and the whole Rex Ryan thing just made that almost a bit of a comedy, comedy act, but uh, but yeah, I mean, apart from apart from in the division, I don't know, I mean, I have to say, I think the Steelers. I oh, here we go! Um, <laughs> and again, for me, um, that, I remember you know that is the, the uh, championship game, and that yeah. was just painful. That was just it was it was that kind of so close but so far. It was all right for me, um, yeah. But I'm sure it was. <laughs> I'm sure you really enjoyed it. And I remember sitting there, and still, you know, only not long got into it really. Still sitting there, going, "Oh, really? I'm, we're going to win the Super Bowl in the first year that I'm really following them? <laughs> oh no, we're not." So, no, no. Um, there's
0: been plenty of years for all of us, yeah. apart from Patriots fans, where it's uh, it's painful. But, yeah. Um,
1: so, but yeah, no. I think that. I mean, it's interesting because people assume, especially um, a lot of people I've spoken to here, that we hate the Giants. And I think there's kind of a friendly rivalry between the Jets and the Giants. Okay. Um, but because it's not a competitive rivalry, because you know you meet once every four years, it's it's not kind of as kind. There's there's less hatred in it than there is of the. Um, of the Patriots and the, it's more of a kind of, from my, from my experience of it, it's more of a kind of banter based yeah. um, rivalry really, because it, it's not based on, you know, competition really. I think obviously if it got to the Super Bowl, that would be a bit different, but, um, you know, the chances that we play every year in the pre-season, yes. but, you know, that, they call it the Snoopy Bowl <laughs> um, I think the, the, every time I've been a couple of times, the Giants always seem to win. I think we've won a few, but you know, it's the third game of the of the preseason, which is is the one. Obviously, you do get to see the starters, and they so do on, finally but come still, out, don't
2: they? Yeah. it's
1: still not really you know an important bit of competition, so it's more like friendly rivalry, I'd say.
0: It's interesting you you bring up the Patriots because out of all the teams, the Jets have done more to help the Patriots than many. I mean, you yeah. basically made Tom Brady when you injured Drew, Breds- Drew
1: Bledsoe. Thank <laughs> you, thanks. <laughs> thanks,
0: yeah. Um, Bill Parcells, you know, he was the one that you, you brought over, but then Belichick goes the other way.
1: Yeah.
0: So, you know, yeah. it's, it's mostly your fault. I don't know, you know. <laughs> right,
1: yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, blame I someone, think it, we. There, is, there is a lot of linked issue there, obviously. And I, I just think, and I, I know a lot of Patriots fans would say it's jealousy um that you they know they say a lot of the, things yeah they do um <laughs> but I, I i think as well we we always no matter what's going on we and we always seem to play the patriots well um and it's usually a competitive game I and mean, we obviously lost both last year but you know re- in recent years we've not done too badly against them even even if you know we've lost and i think it's because there is something in that rivalry about you know we it's it's a it's very annoying.
0: It's, it can't be easier being in the AFC East. It's different up in the bloody AFC, and having known yeah, exactly. you have to face them, and uh, this season was no different. Uh, and then, it's our yeah, worst they, game uh, of the season.
1: Yeah, I, and that's the thing. And they they come. They seem to. I mean, you know, as much as it's a rivalry you can't you can't you know take it away from Belichick and Brady what they do you know they manage to find these players that other teams have you know put to one side or can't deal with and they get them in there and you know they they make it good and you can't you can't knock them for that as frustrating as it is to have to face them every year so
0: they absolutely do pick up uh, players that other people have uh, discarded yeah, I think while well, we're there, actually, Nicky, let's take a break from the Jets just very briefly because yep. something that um, we've been doing the last couple of weeks is actually doing a bit of a felony watch. Okay. And uh, so we need to look at some players here that over the last seven days have been very naughty. <laughs> felony watch. I don't know if you've <laughs> been keeping up on this.
1: A uh, couple, yeah. See, see what I can, uh, see what I can do.
0: This week it wasn't Darrell Revis in the news. No. But a Ravens, it had to be a Ravens player eventually, a safety Matt Alam, he got caught this is with the uh, one, isn't it? <laughs> 126 grams of marijuana, 3 grams of oxycodone yeah. in his car, and pulled yeah. over for reckless driving. So I don't know if you read into this, but apparently he was driving all over the bloody road on the motorway, almost ran into the cops, and then they pulled him over, they could smell someone smoking a joint in the car. One of his mates had an unregistered weapon as well. So, well done, matter, Alam. You've just been released as a free agent, and uh, you'll yeah. stay that way, I think.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, that's the thing, and I, I think I heard that he was kind of potentially could have been due a little bit of money, but you yes, know, that that um that's not going to happen now. And and it, <laughs> it's just that you know the fact that he had so much, you know, with him, he that wasn't for his own personal use at that at that time. And uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's just it blows my mind every year you know I, I i work in a school and if i step over one you know one little line mm-hmm. there's no you know there's no comeback from that and i'm not being paid millions and i manage it that's that's yeah. kind of how i see it but, but when you know, your contract's
0: up i mean seriously yeah. when your contract's up wait until you've signed the new contract you've got some guaranteed money in there
1: exactly i i, I it it never ceases to amaze me what what People do, and you know, there's a lot of people say, oh, you know, they're just young people, or it's. But at the end of the day, you've got you've you've got responsibility. If you want that career, I, I'm quite harsh about it. I think I i, uh, I
2: don't give <laughs> them away much leeway on it. Exactly, <laughs> lock
1: them up. But but you know, I, I, it, it, it's just you know it's going to happen at this time of year because there's not much not much going on.
0: Well, there's um, no coach but, telling them what to do, is there? They're, they're exactly. Free. They're free to and, roam and, around and, and, and think for themselves. And some themselves. of the
1: things—it's ridiculous. I had the Sheldon Richardson thing last year. What was it last year with the uh, driving at yep. however fast he was driving, and you just think, "Come on!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'm a bit harsh. But no, no that I, uh, I did, uh, I did see that one. But,
0: uh, and uh, the other one I've got here is uh, Colts defensive lineman David Perry, who was arrested on Saturday morning in Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, here's, the, here's the list, the laundry list here: suspicion of robbery, auto theft, criminal damage, resisting arrest, uh, standard, and DUI. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> apparently, apparently nice. he was out uh, at a bar with two mates. They got into a um, some sort of automation cart. It wasn't even a car, I don't think. It's kind of weird, <laughs> like a tuk tuk or something. Anyway, they got somewhere, refused to pay the guy for the ride, smacked him over the head took his uh, cart and drove off and drove into a gate so <laughs> but if he's resisted the rest he's still got the wherewithal to fight a cop so well done to David Parry there you know he's still got the strength to uh, to do that oh <laughs> well, yeah he's got a,
1: yeah oh, I can't see well have they released him
0: um, they haven't said they've released him just yet he was the only he was only one of two players that played all 16 games for the Colts last season in, on defence apart from Eric Warden so he actually didn't have a bad year no. It's just a bad hmm. summer.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's probably the the start of it, though, isn't it? You know, a few weeks left before anything actually happens. You, you think, though? I mean,
0: when you're on the, when this team like the Colts, where you have got so many holes, can you refor- can this guy get a free pass if he? Uh, well, they, does they a often talk apology. about
1: that, don't they? You know, like if Revis was still at the top of his game, would would anyone be considering releasing him? Probably not.
2: Exactly. You know,
1: uh, when it comes down to it. You're not going to sacrifice your team for an idiot mistake that someone's made, but that the you know when they're not they're not that important or not you know maybe not where they were.
0: Yeah, and I don't think, I think David Perry's quite Darrell Revis, but yeah, no. he still at least played well. You know, it's like yeah. look at Ray Rice, and if he hadn't had a really bad season before with the Ravens, I mean they were kind of forced to anyway, um, being Ravens. But you know, yeah, they kind of had to be forced to uh, to get rid of him. But So, yeah, it's yeah. an interesting one. You're absolutely right. Uh, he hasn't been released yet, but you never know. We shall see. <laughs> see <where laughs> so, no Jets in Felony Watch this week. I'm no, sure oh, you well that to know.
1: That's, that's, that's positive. <laughs> <laughs> no punches in the in the mouth or DUIs. Exactly.
0: Good. Let's have a look, then, at the, the current state of affairs, then, for New York Jets. Let's start with <laughs> your owner-slash-chairman-slash-CEO, Woody Johnson... So he's yes. been there since 2000. He paid 635 million for the team. It's now worth over 1.7 billion, I think. And Woody yeah. Johnson's going to be a bit more known to us over this side of the Atlantic because Trump's picked him for his U.S. UK ambassador, right?
1: I believe so. I'm not 100% sure it's been confirmed, but um, I know it was. It was on the nominated, card. Nominated, has not he? I think. Yeah, nominated. Yeah, I was. I was kind of trying to get on um, when that happened. Trying to get a hashtag going of "send Woody to space" uh, because I didn't (laughs) think we wanted him here either. But um, it didn't really take off. But I think Jets fans have kind of had enough of him. I don't think he's a particularly bad guy, um, you know, but he he likes the flashy the flashy names, you know. I think he probably had a lot in the in the you know Revis returning, yeah, um, and he he likes that side of it. Um and I think the fact that that's not coming to great return um over time has kind of got people kind of like okay let's 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 move on um and I think probably with the with the idea of him coming to the u k potentially, I think maybe fans see a sort of way out um but we shall see i don't know i don't know i, think I don't think too much of
0: his time then being an ambassador
1: well the the talk is that um he'll um his son, I think it's Stephen Johnson, yes. um, will take over the sort of day-to-day kind of ownership running of the of the club, and I think there's a lot of concern with that as well because he doesn't really have a lot of football experience. You know, he's he's, uh, although obviously he's grown up, you know, with with his father or you know been around him owning the team that mm. hasn't really been particularly involved in the football side of it, and I think there's quite a feeling that. You know, people wouldn't mind a bit of a change, um, but we shall
0: see. <laughs> I think that the problem for uh, for Johnson was that he tried to get that stadium moved, didn't he, to next to Madison yeah. Square Garden? It fell through. Yeah. Um, and I think if that, if that had worked, maybe there wouldn't be the, the problems around now. But you see that with owners, don't you, when they don't get their way, and something they maybe had mm-hmm. plans for when they took over the team, they get dis- disillusioned with what's going to actually happen to that team, and. If you're sharing it with another team as well, it's kind of a unique situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, you maybe you're right. Maybe he wants to go off and do something else as much as the fans want rid of him.
1: Yeah, potentially. I mean, as well, I mean, like you say with the stadium, the PSLs at MetLife are extortionate. Yeah. Um, And, you know, people don't like having to pay that as well as their seat price, which is, also, you know, their ticket price, which is also expensive. Um, and I think altogether that the whole stadium thing has has kind of got people fear, thinking that maybe maybe something new would be good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um there's actually a guy, I don't know if you've heard of it, there's a businessman called is it Gary Venichuk, I think that's how you pronounce it, who is all his his since being a child, has always wanted to own the New York Jets. <laughs> I think he came to America um um, as an immigrant from I want to say Poland somewhere like that with you know this family had no money and he's basically made himself into this kind of multi-million
2: okay.
1: billionaire and he wants to own the New York Jets it's kind of always been his thing um, right. I don't really know a great deal about him apart from he does a lot of um, motivational speaking business speaking you know um, development kind of stuff but I know that um, that's 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 somebody that wants to buy the New York Jets whether or not it happens I don't know
0: Oh, you heard it so, uh, in person. <laughs> we, we've been yeah. breaking some stories here. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no, no. I don't know anything else, but I know he. I know that's you know he is. He's been quite um, vocal. You know that's what his dream as a child was when he was. I'm going to come to. I'm going to make something of myself, and I, I'm going to buy the New York Jets.
0: Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So sleep. that's that's your your president. Well, no, he's your owner, chairman, CEO. Your owner. president's Neil yep. Glatt. He's been yes. there for what four years now, six years. Yeah. No, five years.
1: Yeah, I've met him. He's um he's he was a nice enough guy I met him when the Jets came to London. Um yep. but I think again they've tried to go a little gimmicky and I think the fans of, of, of are not a fan of that and that a, a lot of that's driven by him. Um so I don't know if you know of Feynman Ed. Um, who was he used to lead the Jets chant he's just a fan
0: Uh, or not
1: just a fan because he's a a a famous fan but he used to lead the Jets chant and then things happened and he gave up doing that and one of the things Glatt did was trying to get um other Jets fans to like competition or to lead the chant and it never really I think some some people think he maybe doesn't really understand the the fan base particularly um and some of the promotional stuff and the, the Jets' rewards that season tickets get, people kind of are not 100% keen on, I think. Um, but, you know, he's done a decent job trying to trying to make MetLife into a, like we say, have a bit more soul than maybe it, it would. Um, and I think he's responsible for kind of a lot of that as well. So I think he's done a, a reasonable job there.
0: It's his first time as a, a president of a football organisation uh-huh. as well, isn't yeah. it? The same thing yeah. with the GM, Mike Mcagnan So he's been there for two years, but, he's only been a scout before that. It's quite a jump isn't it from being a scout for since 1990 to then being a GM.
1: Yeah, I mean he was head of I think he was head of college scouting at um at Houston before mm-hmm. and he worked really closely with Charlie Castley. Oh
2: um, yeah.
1: And Charlie Cassidy was on the um him and Ron Wolf were the um selection team or they supported the Jets in the selection. Right. Um I actually really like Mike McGagnon think he's a really good guy um and i think you know when he became the gm he took over from idzik who apart from he didn't leave a lot of good but he did leave a huge huge <laughs> amount of money to play yeah. <laughs> with and i would say you know mccagnon spent it um which probably needed doing maybe you know it's landed us in a bit of a mess this year um it's a lot of that some of that to do with revis and and so on but um they made moves which the jets hadn't done and i think that's what was needed um, mm. You know, John Idzik kind of sat on a lot of money and, and made some, didn't do a lot. Whereas, you know, they came in and got Brandon Marshall, um, who was, yeah, Decker, you know, uh, no, Decker was there the year before. I think. He? I think we already had Decker. I can't remember. But, um, brought in Marshall and, and, uh, you know, at, it, it was, it was what the fans wanted to see. And I think it was good that they kind of went out there and, and, and did that Took Leonard Williams in the draft. Mm um which, which wasn't a position of need um and a few people were kind of oh you know we've got Richardson and Wilkerson and yeah. at the time Harrison um but you know I and, and I think last year was tough and, and and you can't I don't think you can judge it yet on 2 years but I I think McGagn's I think he knows what he's doing and I really like
0: him Okay cool cool hopefully you know.
1: Yeah, hopefully, and he's really nice as well. <laughs> I had a nice chat with him once, and he was really, really interested in the, you know, the the game over here. He was in London again. He was really interested in the game over here and the fans. And by all accounts, he really does engage with the fans, um, which is good.
0: Excellent. And then, lastly but not leastly, you got Todd Bowles, your head coach. He's only been there for two years. The ex uh, Cardinals defensive coordinator. So first year yeah. was ten and six. Mm-hmm. Last year was 11, uh, five and eleven. So what do we think about Todd Bowles then? You've had two seasons of uh, sample size.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really hard. Again, I'm a massive fan of Todd Bowles. I really like him. Um, I I think he was a breath of fresh air after Rex Ryan. Um, I actually quite like how measured he is. Some people kind of say, come on, let's have a bit of emotion. Let's have a bit of fire from you. But I actually quite like the way he approaches things. Um, Obviously, last year wasn't as good. And I think last year showed that there are things that he still needs to work on in terms of game management and and that kind of thing. Um, but I think we've got to give him more time. Now, whether that happens, um, you don't know, because it's such a fast-paced business and it's a kind of win-now situation, whether, you know, I think if we have another losing season next year in the same kind of vein, I think his his head might be on the chopping block. But I actually think he's uh, he's good for the team.
0: Yeah, you, after Rex Ryan, you, you know, it's good to be measured. It's good. You, you usually yeah. go with the opposite, don't you? When you're you're rehiring yeah, and, someone, it's typically the other end of the scale. And Todd Bowles definitely is uh, cool under pressure. I guess whether that's almost too cool. And yeah, yeah, and I think there right. has
1: been that argument that maybe he, you know, he's not quite fiery enough in the locker room with the players. But then we don't see that. So, and no. you know, you're not hearing that from the players. You're hearing that from an assumption from the media that because he's like that with the media, that he's not like that with the players. But and then, you, I mean, you look at Bill Belichick. He's not exactly, yeah, you know, no. Mister Media, is he?
0: He's so. not screaming at the players on the sideline, is he? Really?
1: No, exactly. So, um, and I, you know. I think that he has definitely got a lot to learn about being a head coach as opposed to just a defensive coach. But he's got, you know, he worked with Bruce Arians, he's worked with um, Andy Reid really closely, and but Bill Parcells, I think, is, is one of his mentors. So you know, he's got mm. the pedigree really there. It's, I think, it's just time, and it's whether he gets given that.
0: Oh, he's worked under everyone. He worked under Wade Phillips as well at the Cowboys, uh-huh. and yeah, he's got loads of the uh, people to draw on.
1: Yeah, exactly. So no, I I I really like him, and I, I think there's still quite a, a lot of good faith in him at the moment. There, there were a few people last year kind of saying, "Oh, you know, it's not good enough. We need we need a bit more fire. We need a bit more, um, you know." But I, I think he's still got the fan base behind him for the most part.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's, he's not done that badly, you know. And no. the first season, you know, you can't discredit that either. I mean, it's the 6th season. Yeah, it was, uh, and I mean on the door, wasn't it? So.
1: And I think the thing with the Ryan Fitzpatrick situation was that, you know, he had one of the best years of Jets quarterback has ever had yeah. that, um, the year, you know, you can't, you can't really argue with the fact that they bought him back and as much as they paid him quite a lot of money, they didn't pay him what, as much as money as he wanted in the no. first place. And, and I, I kind of think that was at the time, the right move, obviously with hindsight and, and, uh, you know, what we know now. You, you know, maybe you know, it was a lot of money to spend and we didn't get a lot of return, but I don't really see the other options. And I think, um, you know, I think it was the right thing to do at the time based on what happened the year before.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, let's look at your, your QB situation now then because it's an interesting reading. So you've mm-hmm. currently got four players on the roster at quarterback. Mm-hmm. You, you've still got Ryan Fitzpatrick there. You've got yeah. Geno Smith, who's the second oldest there, four years. Bryce Petty, you drafted a couple of years ago, and then Christian Hackenberg was last year's pick. Um, Yeah. Anything to say about that?
1: (sighs) It's a bit of a mess. I mean, I think we were the only team in the league last year to have four quarterbacks on their roster, I think. (laughs) There can't be that many. Um, Yeah, it's a a bit of a mess. Yeah, exactly, and what a four. (laughs) Um, I mean, like I said about Fitz, I think it was the right to bring him back um, last year. Um, and he did click really well with um, Marshall and Decker. I do think the loss of Decker last year actually had quite a big impact because he was out pretty early. Yeah. Um. But then obviously with Gino, and then Gino got injured and then it was like, what are we going to do now? Um, Petty as I, I do quite like Petty, but I don't think he's going to come to any more than he has. I think he, he'll be, you know, he might be a backup, but yeah, he, he's just not quite got it. And and Hackenberg, we'll just have to see. I've, I think he had a really Good one, really good year, two really good years at college, and then went downhill from there. So I think it's whether or not we can get. I think our quarterback coach is. Can't remember who is. We got a new quarterback coach. Um, who has worked with, um, I think, Jay Cutler before, which is a little concerning. (laughs) Um, I'll I'll try
0: not to laugh. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's one of the names that's been bandied around, obviously, because we have Brandon Marshall
0: and
1: and so on. I I just, I don't know. I think we need to see more of Hackenberg. Um, But they're going to have to do something. So whether that, they're going to have to pick up a free agent, because, I mean, Fitz will be out, I'm sure, and Gino. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's slim pickings.
0: Well, that does um, then bring up the old Romo and Cutler situation, doesn't it? They are yeah. they are heading for free agency, and someone's going to pay them. And
1: yeah, and I mean it's hard because I, I, you know, Tony Romo is great, but he's he's like made out of porcelain at he the is. moment, you know. And you can't be paying some someone a lot of money, and then then that's it again. You're back to Christian Hackenberg and Bryce Petty or whoever it happens to be. Um, Cutler, I just I just it's it feels a little bit painful that that might happen um, yeah. and I, I don't know whether, would, you know, he's so, I mean, he's injury prone recently but also massively inconsistent. I mean, you'll get benched by the Bears.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's not, it's not exactly the best, you know, what we want but then no, again. Brian has, Hoyer
0: played better than him last season.
1: Well, so. and he's another name that's been suggested, you know, did the Jets take Hoyer for a year because at least he can move an offence but you're like, well, yeah, we've got to do something though so. I don't know. I don't know who it will be, but I don't think it's going to be anyone that's going to make everyone cheer and, wow. and be happy about it.
0: It's because you're not even that high up on the draft listing. So there are a lot of teams um, higher up in the draft that are going to be looking for a quarterback.
1: Yeah. I uh, mean, we're six, but my, even um, Mike Mayock's been saying that the Jets shouldn't take a quarterback because he doesn't believe that there's any quarterbacks that should be rated in the top 10.
0: No. No, it's pretty so, I mean, it's, it's pretty thin yeah. this year, uh, a yeah. uh, quarterback. I think they were talking about maybe a running back might be a good idea for, for yourselves because yeah. Matt Forte. Well, he's basically gone, isn't
1: he? Yeah, I think so. I mean, put, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a couple. Is it a Fournette, um, the running back, cause it's sort of name being bandied about? But yep. yeah, I think you know we lost Chris Ivory, but then he's only good for half a year um, <laughs> uh, last year, and then um, yeah, I mean Forte's done all right. Um, Bilal, Powell, Bilal Powell actually Powell's last a good year. One. Um, was um, And he's actually a draft pick that's, you know, come to reasonable fruition. I really quite like him. Um, but we keep picking... I think like, at the end of last year, we picked up about four different running backs. Um,
0: You've got a few. In, yeah, you know, Roy we've got Mark some Morris really random and, ones. Uh, Brandon Wilde, something. Like Kyrie Robinson's yeah. pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, um, I think that's a potential... A, a corner would be good. Um, if there's anyone up there that... Um, because I think the secondary is looking a bit slim again. Yeah. Um. You know, with the with with Revis not being what he was, um, mm-hmm. and it's looking, I think, to the future. The, I, know, I know Mike Mcagnon has a best player available um, kind of mentality, so we could end up. I hope we don't with another defensive lineman. But <laughs>
0: you you just, that's uh, the one thing you don't need right that now. That is the
1: one thing we don't need. But and again, it, we could we really need tackles, but there's no one. Ranking up at six, there's a, quite a fair bit of talk about trading out um, mm. to to get more picks. I and mean, we've just been given an extra third round pick. Yes. Um, so whether or not they trade um, number six for for a bit more, I don't know. Mm. But it's I don't think it's as cut and dry. I think last time we were up in the top, sort of in the top ten, it was pretty clear of a couple of people, and then obviously we ended up with um, Leonard Williams, which no one predicted because they thought he was going to go higher but um, yeah. I think I think there's so many positions of need it's difficult to to say at the moment who be interesting to see them in the combine then
0: well one player that did work out for you last year was uh, Darren Lee who we've yeah. talked about a few times on the podcast um, we picked him in our defensive rookie of the year class uh, inside linebacker he's, he's had a really good year
1: yeah I think he has and I think he's that sort of different sort of linebacker isn't he you know the sort of a bit, a bit speedier and a bit, you know. And I, I think he's a little bit like Williams. I think he's probably going to have an even better year this year. Mm. Um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's uh, definitely one that, uh, you know, that linebacker group is is one we've had problems with um, over the last few years. And I think, you know, with uh, Demario Davis we had for a little while and he wasn't amazing. So I think, yeah, he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Quite like him.
0: But then we are talking about those three defensive ends that you've got there of Mo Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson and Leonard Williams. One of Mm. them's got to go, haven't they? I mean, you can't keep paying all three of them. Yeah, I think
1: Richardson's gone. Richardson. Richardson. Yeah, I I just think that, um, I mean, they were kind of playing him as a kind of weird sort of hybrid linebacker at some points last year anyway. Um, And that he doesn't... I don't know. I think... With the off field issues that he has doesn't help um and yeah, I think in the end last year it was more Moen and, and Leonard Williams that were kind of having the bigger impact. And it seems that that Richardson hasn't quite got his niche anymore at the jets mm. so um I, yeah, I could see him him being on the way out, which out of I've always kind of preferred Wilkerson over Richardson. I don't really know why I think maybe it is the off field kind of stuff as well,
0: but maybe yeah, there's a nice out a joint with the extra. Extra competition, potentially.
1: Yeah, and I mean, he was um, suspended um, at the start of Leonard Williams' rookie career, and I don't um, think that helped.
0: No, don't give the guy um, a, a way in straight away. Yeah, so. exactly.
1: So, um, so yeah, I mean, because actually he, it, was all, it was all that incident um, with the car and so on, and that happened after the draft, I think. Yeah. And it was kind of like, because there were, there were a few, oh, why have they taken this, you know, this guy, we don't need this guy. We've got Richardson and Wilson and then that happened, it's like, ah, oh, okay, fair enough. We've got yeah. this guy now. So so actually I think I think he's probably the one on the edge, um, to go elsewhere. And I don't think we'll get what we would have got for him a couple of years ago just because of, mm-hmm. you know, the off field stuff. Um and I'm not sure he's the best in the locker room for the sort of team you know, team building, team spirit kind of stuff. I think he, he's quite um he can yeah, be a little divisive. So, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. So, Which is a shame because he's a great player. I mean, he was Defensive Rookie of the Year, wasn't he? Um, yeah. In his rookie season. Um, but I think other things have maybe distracted him a little or I don't know.
0: One other player though, just um, just looking down the roster that I do like for the Jets, is Quincy Sec- uh yes. Two years, but he's, he's actually carving out a bit of a name for himself with the absence of Decker and, and Marshall not having a great year last year. He does seem to be pretty good
1: yeah i mean yeah i mean he's been he's been there a little while and' two thousand drafted him in two thousand and uh 14, 13, one of the two, i think, and um yeah, he's really that last year he had a real breakout year and and I think um a bit like Bilal Powell, actually you know he really stood out last year, and i think. Sometimes it's it just takes a little bit of time for those guys to shine through. It takes something like Decker not being there and and so on. And I, yeah, he's definitely one one to hold on to. And we've got a couple of young, um, other younger uh, um, receivers as well, um, like Robbie Anderson and Jalen Marshall, who you know didn't have great first years, but they mm. they've got a bit. There's something there with them, I think. Um, so it's not that's not too bad of a a situation going into next year. It's not the worst.
0: No, fingers crossed. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, if we're if we're wrapping things up, then what's the what's the ideal scenario then for for the Jets over the next you know twelve to eighteen months? How does the draft go? You know, who who would you like to see picked in the first? Or what position would you like to see picked in the first couple of rounds?
1: I think um, I think I'd like to see them go for positions of need. I think maybe um, going for I'd I'd quite like to see. Um, a corner, I think, um, in in the first round or so and, and also like you say a running back would be would be good because you know, with the quarterback position so uncertain if you can if you've got a good running game that's gonna help. Mm-hmm. Um over time I think I think we need a bit of patience and I know fans of any sport don't like to be patient <laughs> but it is a massive rebuild yeah. um and I think there's got to be a little bit of realism. Uh, and actually, although people will say, you know, you had that ten and six season, I think the rebuild's been coming longer. Uh, you know, before that, um, that that was just a, a year where things happened to click. But you know, we've they've been getting older in certain positions, and and also. You know the quarterback problems have been long, you know, long in the making, and mm. I think it's probably coming to the head, and it needs it needs to kind of be taken down and almost started again, really. And yeah. um, so I think I think that's where I see it, which is not popular, you know, not what people want to see, but especially if you're paying an awful lot of money to watch it every week. Um, but I think for the long term, hopefully we'll, we will be able to draft some good players, pick up some some decent free agents, and kind of um, yeah, you know, take the young talent that we have got. You know, people like Lorenzo Molding. I really like him. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's he's. Um, you know, we've got to keep hold of these guys and and develop them so that so that you can you know build from within rather than constantly having to be, you know, almost patching up patching up um, problems. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's where we're at. Um, but it sounds all very negative, but actually, I think it's quite an exciting exciting time to kind of think well. We have got a GM and a coach that look like that's what they're trying to do. I mean, they got rid of Nick Falk as well last week.
0: They did, yeah. um, Which was also a
1: sad day because, you know, he hasn't really done a great deal wrong um, over time. It's just, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, moving on really from from him. So don't
0: draft a kicker with the first pick, all right? Please don't oh. do that, Nicky.
1: <laughs> oh, I hope not. Well, didn't, was it Tampa Bay last year? Went for one in the third, Aguayo. The second, second round, third, second round, and you just Roberto everyone went uh, that. Yeah, and that. Yeah, I don't think we'll be taking a kicker.
0: Well, you know, Tampa are stacked at every position, so they, you, you know, just take a kick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: obviously. It's almost like they were playing fantasy football really badly when when you're going to draft a kicker that high.
0: Yes. Just but, pon- yeah. yeah, just punch it all the time. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, so, Nikki, yeah, where can people get hold of you if they want to contact you?
1: Um, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, at NYCH1983.
0: Excellent. And they can check out all of your articles and things like that. There'll be links to... Yeah, Turn so, on the you Jets. Up, and
1: don't you? Um, NFL Girl UK as well, I write for.
0: Oh.
1: So, yeah, Liz, I write for her as well, um, along with lots of other British fans.
0: Well, if you ever want to post anything on com, you're more than welcome to. We'll gladly host huh. anything you want to put up against, about oh, the Jets or anything much.
1: else. Okay, yeah, I'll, take, I'll take you up on that one. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks very much, Nikki. No problem. Thank you very much.
0: So, that's it, guys. I've got to thank Nicky so much for filling in for the King who's snowed under with work. He literally couldn't be here today, so I've had to record at Shea Gym. So, apologies if there was any bad sound. You know, I don't live in a mansion like uh, like the King does. But um, we will be back next week. The Combine's happening this weekend. We've got loads of stuff prepped for, for college players, so we'll hopefully be giving some insight into them. Until next week, though, guys. I've been Jim. That's been Nikki C and thank you so much for listening.